global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Cybersecurity is on the mind of every business leader. Managing cyber risk should be, too. Get started with a cyber risk assessment. Learn more at EisnerAmper.com slash cyber risk. Bonds rising with commodities and emerging markets on speculation. Central banks will persist with policies that support financial markets. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures higher, up four points. Dow E-mini futures up 33. And NASDAQ E-mini futures up six. DAX in Germany's down four-tenths percent. Ten-year treasury, little change now. The yield 1.71 percent. Yield on the two-year, 0.79 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up. 1.3% up 66 cents to $51.03 a barrel. Comex Gold is up 8 tenths percent or $10.30 to $12.57.30 an ounce. The Euro, $1.1383. The Yen, 107.06. Lululemon Athletica down almost 4 tenths percent this morning after it forecasts the second quarter profit will be below analyst estimates amid signs that the athletic apparel craze of recent years is cooling off. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Good morning, Sirius XM Channel 119. Thrilled you're with us, particularly in North Carolina. Mike, it is below Chapel Hill. It is below High Point. It is the most interesting and divisive second congressional district of North Carolina. Well, it wasn't very divisive yesterday. I am going to postulate that after six presidential primaries yesterday that resulted in wins in most of them for Hillary Clinton and her claiming the nomination of the Democratic Party, the most important election was the Republican primary in that second congressional district. Renee Elmers was elected in 2010. She's a Tea Party uh, affiliated Republican. They merged districts and a a congressman from a a neighboring district, Representative George Holding, moved into the second district and ran against Renee Elmers. Elmers was endorsed by Donald Trump and lost by 30 points. Greg Valle is uh, chief uh, political analyst for Horizon Investments. Greg, that's the kind of election result that keeps Paul Ryan up all night. That was a real wake-up call, Mike, absolutely. I mean, Ryan's already got problems. He's not sure Trump's going to endorse the Republican agenda. He sees the Republican brand being hurt by Trump's assault on Mexicans and others. And now he sees in the key congressional race Trump's endorsement caused a candidate to lose by 30 points, as you say. So an awful lot of Republicans in Washington this morning are having a serious case of buyer's remorse. Yeah, but you get 48 hours to take something back to the store. Is there any uh, return policy for presidential candidates? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there, you know, Lindsey Graham is saying, let's change the rules in Cleveland. Uh, Kirk of Illinois, who's in real trouble, is saying that. You know, Joe Scarborough and some others are saying, let's change the ground rules. I think it's a long shot, but I, I got to say this. You talk to Republicans in Washington, starting with Ryan and Mitch McConnell, and their heart is not in it. I mean, they're going to have to endorse or at least say they're supporting the nominee, but their hearts are not in it. There's a, an extraordinary column this morning, Tom, in the New York Times by Tom Friedman 
who writes about the need for the Republicans to reinvent themselves. But then he goes on to really take on Republican candidates. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you saw this, but basically he says, John McCain, you didn't break under torture from the North Vietnamese, but you're so hungry for re-election, you don't dare raise your voice against Trump. I hope you lose. Chris Christie, have you not an ounce of self-respect? This is what they're going to face all election season? Yeah, and there was a, a headline in the uh, New York Daily News yesterday showing uh, Paul Ryan looking at Trump, and it's, uh, Ryan is saying, I'm with the racist. So here's Ryan, who, like many other Republicans, felt that Trump's remarks about this Indiana judge were racist, but he still supports Trump. So that puts the Republicans in a very awkward position. Greg, have you ever seen a candidate amend? I mean, I remember the Robert Redford movie, The Candidate, which was illuminating for all the backroom guidance that they were giving candidate uh, Redford. Mr. Trump is not as good looking at Bob Redford, including Bob Redford. Oh, he doesn't out ski as well. Past, uh, 80. <laughs> doesn't ski as well. It doesn't get the chicks like Robert Redford. But Greg Vallier, seriously here, do candidates have the ability to amend, change, take guidance? Well, that's a really crucial point, uh, Tom. I think that one of the knocks this week is that Trump listened to no one. He didn't listen to Paul Manafort, who I have to think is having second thoughts about joining the Trump campaign. He didn't listen to Ryan. He didn't listen to any of the Republican leaders who said, cool it on this judge. Finally, yesterday, Trump dialed it back a little bit. But I think this whole episode was um, very instructive that Trump doesn't listen to anyone except Trump. I mean, I'm trying as hard as I can, folks, to stay out of this and not put my opinion into it. But the basic idea of listening to the people around you who is the template for Mr. Trump? If you were to advise him on, say, you need to be like yeah. so-and-so, Greg, give me a name. You're the pro. Give me a name. Is he supposed to be like George well, maybe, Sr. or Bob Dole? Or Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll listen to Christie. Maybe he'll listen to a handful of members of the Senate. But I think increasingly people in Washington are distancing themselves from him. And, you know, the irony, guys, is that four or five weeks ago, after Trump had wrapped this up, he looked like he had some real momentum. And I still think Hillary Clinton is is vulnerable in some respects. But all of the momentum that Trump had during mid-May is gone. And it's all gone because of self-inflicted wounds. All right, let's uh, – I mean, you talk about uh, the, the issues with Trump and the party forever, but let's talk about the practicalities now of running for president. Hillary Clinton, sure. uh, likely the nominee. Uh, I I guess uh, the, the conventional wisdom is that Bernie Sanders is going to concede and bring his people to her to the extent that they will follow. I guess. I, I thought uh, Sanders was remarkably – ungracious last night. I think, uh, I'm sorry to be so outspoken this early in the morning, but I think that Sanders is delusional. I think the idea that he thinks he can go to Philadelphia and win the nomination is insane. He could maybe change the platform. He could maybe push her a little bit further to the left, although I don't think she's going to move much more. But for Bernie Sanders to be this obstinate, I think, is going to lead to a tremendous pushback a pushback from the president, a pushback from Nancy Pelosi, maybe even Elizabeth Warren. 
I think a lot of Democrats are going to start to say, Bernie, it's time to, to throw him a towel. Well, here's my question about that. Um, what's he got to lose in the sense that he wasn't a Democrat till he would decide to run for president? He was a socialist. Yes. He caucused with right. the Democrats, but he was a marginal player yep. on Capitol Hill. He was not in the middle of anything Democratic uh, Party related. So he, he can go back to where he was. Excellent point. Uh, he never was a Democrat. I don't think he gives a damn about the Democrats. If he perhaps could hurt the Democratic Party, I don't think that would bother him in the least. And I think it's time for a lot of these very idealistic young people to realize the damage that he could do to Hillary Clinton. Right. Greg Vallier, when does the vice president derby start? I'm afraid to ask, but that's my job. Someone has to ask. Do we even have a luxury of mystery at the conventions? Well, I think the, the leaking and the trial balloons begin this week. Uh, I think already there's been a big, a big trial balloon, guys, for Sherrod Brown of Ohio, a liberal anti-trade populist who comes from a state that has 18 votes. I, I think Sherrod Brown is on the short list. There's a guy named Xavier Bacata, a House member from L.A., who's tremendous, who's very good on TV, who could be on Hillary's short list as well. For Trump, I still don't see any right. really plausible candidate. And, you know, and as I... <clears throat> Greg, let me ask you this. Joke, well, yep. let me ask you, this is really important. Where were you in 1988 when uh, President Bush selected Dan Quayle? Is VP. Any breathing American knows where they were that afternoon oh, yeah. when the entire office oh, yeah. in one breath said, Dan Quayle, <laughs> are we going to get that again? Yeah. Oh, it, we, we could. I'm not sure who, who, if there's anyone of stature who would accept an offer for, from Trump. So what I say, guys, is if I got the job offer, I would take it for this reason. Trump says his favorite foods are the French fries, cheeseburgers, steaks. He never goes to the gym. I would take the offer for actuarial <laughs> reasons more than anything else. <laughs> Let's see. The Greg Vallier, great of you to be with us, Mr. Vallier, in Switzerland uh, this morning. We greatly appreciate his effort. Mike, I would love to speak to Vice President Quayle right now about his thoughts on this. Yeah. He was an interesting guy. Do you remember where you were, Mike? I was in New Orleans where, uh, covering uh, at the convention when the president, uh, the pre vice president nominated uh uh, Dan Quayle. I was, uh, and, and, and the reaction was more like, um, who and yeah. why. It wasn't immediate shock. It wasn't until the, the, uh, until he jumped on stage and uh, was a little over enthusiastic and then yeah. uh, the next day in the press conference had trouble articulating himself. Yeah. That, uh, set him off. Uh, I, I, I would state that the diehard old fart Republicans of 1988 screamed at a certain level. When they saw the, uh, the name, he was our 44th Vice President of the United States, Dan Quayle. Uh, a moment there with Greg Vallier. That's why we do this, folks. You never know what Greg Vallier is uh, going to say. Most interesting. Future's up for another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.